The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, Center, and Source. May God guide and encourage you through this message by Beth Coppage. Box number seven, right here. Are y'all ready for this? This I open it up, and what do I find? What God wants for Christmas is he wants you and he wants me. He wants us for Christmas. What does God want for Christmas? Now here's the surprise. In box number seven, where it's been disguised, peek in the box for so long you've waited. What God wants is you, the one he created. Me, you ask, why is this so? I can't wrap me up and I can't put on a bow. No, you cannot. But what you can give are the choices you make in the life that you live. God wants you to know him and love him within. And this is called worship, an offering to him. And to do this, trust Jesus who died in your place when you don't, didn't deserve him. That is called grace. Pray now and offer your life and your heart. Say, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I'd like a new start. Forgive me today for the sins I've committed. So one day in heaven, I will be permitted. When you pray this decision, the heavens rejoice that you may worship of God your life's choice. God wants you to know him, so choose every day to love God, to thank God, and to give him all praise. And our scripture is Isaiah 60. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and, they, and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And it's the word Nahar. You will sparkle. You will sparkle. Because of the abundance of the sea and the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Oh, holy Jesus, as we come tonight together and as we worship you on this, your birthday, we want to come and thank you for this Advent season. And then, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts from your word? And Lord, we're asking tonight for transformation, that this Advent will be like no Advent we've ever had before in our lives. 
that God will move and out of every one of our lives, rivers of living water would flow to touch a world for God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God, amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever, believeth in him, will not die, but will live forever. Tonight, I would like us, as we look together, to remember the wise men. It's very interesting to me, as we read, Marilyn read it so beautifully, the story of the wise men. And it's interesting that the initiative always comes from God. In each one of our stories, our God stories, and our life stories, the initiative always comes from him because there's a longing in his heart for fellowship and intimacy with every single one of us. And we see this beautifully laid out in the Wiseman story. If you will remember, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. This is in Matthew and Matthew 2. And the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And how is it possible that astro astro astrologer, astro astronomers from Mesopotamia would come all the way to Jerusalem? It's that the initiative of God, God was drawing their hearts. And what did he use? He used a star. And what is a star symbolic of? Light, the light of God. And he's using what Psalm 19 talks about. He's using creation so that none of us are without, none of us can have an excuse. We are without an excuse because we can look at the beauty of the created world around us and know that it is bigger than anything we can comprehend. And there has to be someone behind it. And it is the personal presence of the triune God. So they saw a star. And they were amazed by the star. It's interesting, Jesus spoke their heart language. They were astronomers, so that they studied the stars and the heavens. And they saw this one that they'd never seen before. And then they began to do research upon it. And it seems like they were such good scholars that they searched all through and tried to find out where, why this star would come. And do you know where it led them? It led them to Holy Scripture. And in every one of our lives, as we look at our God stories, and as we think of the ones that we're praying for, that they would begin their God story, we're asking that they would turn, they would see in the world around them the greatness of who he is, Jesus is, and then they would turn their hearts to the word of God. And they studied it so well that they came across Numbers 24 in the tower in the Pentateuch. And it talks about in Numbers 24, 17, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but he's not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab, the evil one and destroy the sons of tumult. And there was a deep sense of the presence of God through his word that spoke to three, as the wise men from 
the Mesopotamian region, like 500 miles away. And they began to hunger to know more about the star and the one who sent it. And they began to know more, want to know more about the king of the Jews. And they journeyed. In fact, they God put such a hunger in their heart, they couldn't quit. They couldn't quit till they packed up all their stuff. They got on camels and they made that trip all across the desert. Now they went to the most logical place, if you're thinking logically, to find the next king of the Jews. They went to Herod's palace. Uh-huh. Not such a good idea, but they didn't know that. And they went to Herod's palace and they said to him, where is he that has been born the king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Now this, wherever Jesus is proclaimed, he always causes a stir. <laughs> and he caused quite a stir in Herod's palace. Because Herod was like, he was not the rightful king of the Jews. He was an Edomite. He was from Esau, Jacob and Esau. He was, and Esau, remember, had sold his birthright to be for a pot of stew. And the Edomites, as people, as a people, hated the Jews, even though they were cousins. And there was antipathy one toward the, another. And it, and Herod, Herod knew he wasn't the rightful king of the Jews. He had been appointed by the Romans. But not only that, Herod himself, so wicked that he killed his wife. He killed his mother-in-law. He killed his firstborn son. And he killed two others of his son because he didn't want anybody to threaten his power. And he was willing to murder. And that's where the wise men came seeking Jesus, but they didn't find Jesus there. But it was interesting. What did they find? They found a very antagonistic Herod. And then they also found some scribes and some chief priests who had given their lives to the study of the Torah and the study of the law of, of God and the word of God. So they looked in scripture and they found in Micah 5.2 that it says in Bethlehem of Judea that the Christ would be born. So they knew right away where Jesus, the Messiah, was to be born. So they told him, is it possible that you and I can know a lot about Jesus? We can do a lot of Bible study, but never know him. Never really know him with an intimacy. And there was no interest at all in any of those religious leaders. When God sends this, as Papa used to say, this Malchus's ear for them to be able to see and understand that Jesus was here and the Messiah had come, there was no interest. I want to know tonight, how interested in you are you in the things of Jesus? Is there a quickening in your heart? 
Is there quickening in this Christmas season for the things of God? Is there a longing in your heart as great as it was in the lives of these men that traveled so far with such limited knowledge, seeking for the Savior? And so they found where they were supposed to go. They left Herod's palace. They left the scribes and they left the chief priests. And they got out in the countryside and God sent the star again. There it was, shining and bright. Just let them. And they followed the star. Oh, they followed the star right till it came, right over where the Jesus lived. And it seems like he was a little older because it taken them so long to get there, over the house where Jesus lived. And they were exceedingly filled with exceeding great joy. And they entered the house and they bowed down and worshiped Jesus. You know what I think Jesus is longing for this Christmas? Is that we would have a hunger for God like the wise men. It's the greatest gift God can give any one of us. A hunger for God himself. And then I believe God is longing. The greatest gift we could give Jesus is we would let him. I, the, the things that bring us the most joy would be bring the most joy to the heart of Jesus. It would be worship, pure worship, where we worship him. And then out of that worship, they could do nothing else but give. And they gave gifts. They gave gold. They gave frankincense. And they gave myrrh. And Isabel Kuhn, in one of her books, has written about the gifts of the wise men. And I remember reading it a long time ago and just have reread it again. And said, the gold stands for all we possess. The frankincense stands for worship. And the myrrh stands for what we're willing to suffer. And I, for Jesus' sake, just like gold stands for the royalty of Jesus, his kingly, kingship, frankincense should be his divinity, and he's worthy of worship. But then the next part is that what he suffered and died, and if you and I are going to be followers of this Holy One and the crucified Savior, God will call us into suffering, and you and I have to be willing to say, Jesus, I am willing to know you in the fellowship of your suffering, no matter what it costs. I'm willing to be identified with you, even at work, if I get ridiculed. I am willing to be rejected because they say, oh, she's a fanatic. She's so religious. I am willing to be trusted with the mystery 
of unexplained suffering. And how many, I'm looking at your faces right now, God has trusted you tonight with the mystery of unexplained suffering. And it is your wonder, your wonderful opportunity, my wonderful opportunity to give him the gift of alabaster box love. Jesus, I don't understand, but I give you all that I am, all that I have, and all that I ever hope to be. And Jesus, I trust you that you can take even what you entrust to me that doesn't make sense in my mind. I give it back to you to be used for my good, our good, your glory, and the redemptive purposes of God in a lost world. That's why God allows some of us as we go through cancer journeys or other physical ailments or even mental anguish, or grief. And then we know the intimacy of meeting the Holy One who goes into every bit of what we suffer with his precious personal presence. So we come forth as gold. And we actually bring joy to the heart of Jesus. And that kind of life, and that kind of love for Jesus, and that kind of relationship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Never, never, never is in vain. There were three in the story to make decisions. Herod hated Jesus, just literally. And he murdered anybody associated with that's the antagonism of the evil one in our world that we're seeing played out right now. The scribes and religious leaders settled for the symbol and not his personal presence and his reality. And ladies, we can be in a lot of church activities. We can teach Bible study. They did. We can get it all right, but we need to know him like those wise men did, where they rejoiced with exceeding joy when they were in the presence of Jesus. They worshiped him and they gave him everything they had. And then they were obeyers. God came in a dream, said, don't go back to Herod. And they went back to the east again. And they never spoke to Herod again. It was Herod's opportunity. It was the scribes and chief priests. But they missed Jesus. And the Gentiles that came from the East went away with an intimacy with God that we still talk about today, 2,000 plus years later. Oh, that we would hunger to know Jesus like that. So he's your sweetest sweetness in the morning, in the night, and in the evening. And so your joy and my joy comes not even in all the loved ones that gift he gives us, but he comes in himself. And that no one can take from us. I remember one of the sweetest stories, 1992. 
and the wallet got down. 1994, and the wallet got down. And Russia, if you can remember and believe it, had asked that the people could come from the West, especially America, to teach their children in the school biblical principles and morals and ethics. And so two Americans found themselves a part of the commission that was there and was all over Europe when the wall went down. And in providence of God, it was Christmas. And they were assigned to go to an orphanage. And there were a hundred children and, and workers at this Russian orphanage. And so they had wanted to share with them the Christmas story, that that we just listened to tonight. And so they began to share and to read the scriptures and tell about the birth of the baby Jesus, the son of God. Well, the children sat mesmerized and the workers sat mesmerized. They had never, ever heard the story before. And so they just was like, so they hung on every word. Well, when it was all, when they were through and then they prayed, they had brought a little craft for the children to do. And the craft was they were to make a little manger and they brought some cardboard and they could glue it together. And then they had little felt baby Jesuses. And then they had like napkins, they yellow ones, they ripped up like straw to take fill. So that the two missionaries were walking around through the orphanage to see if anybody needed help with their project. Well, then one of them came. And there was a little boy of about six. And she looked and to her startled surprise, there were two babies in the manger. And so she called for a translator who promptly came over and she said, honey, why do you have two babies in the manger? And the little boy's name was Misha, Mishka. And he said, oh. And then he began to tell the story about Jesus and the manger. And he told it very accurately and very well. But then after a few minutes, he said, and then Jesus was in the manger and I put Jesus in, Mary put Jesus in the manger. And then Jesus said to me, he said, Mishka, he said, would you like to be with me? forever and for always. And Mishka said, oh, Jesus, I have no mama. I have no papa. I have no one who cares for me. Would you care for me, Jesus? Would you let me be with you? And Jesus said, oh my, yes. That's why I came as a baby. That's why I died for you. So that I could, so that you would, uh, could be with me forever and for always. And then he said, Oh, Jesus, I can't. And Jesus said, Why? He said, I have no gift to bring, I am nothing. But then I thought, 
And that's, Mishka said, I thought, and he turned to the missionary. He said, I thought I could just give Jesus myself. I said, Jesus, what if I gave you me? And what if I just curled up right there next to you in that manger? And I know it gets very cold at night. And then I would keep you so warm, Jesus, just snuggled up next to you. And he said, you know what Jesus said to me? That's the sweetest gift you could give me. Just give me you to me. And tonight, what God wants to do is let us become women after God's own heart. We're everything we are, everything we have, everything we ever hope to be. We give to Jesus, whether we're six or whether we're 96, because there's no time limit on God. And we, every phase of who we are brings God exceeding joy and delight. He rejoices in us. And do you know what tonight? He wants us to know the sweetness of rejoicing in him. This Christmas, do you know what Jesus wants from you? He wants all of you in that glorious exchange for all of him. Oh, holy Jesus. Oh, holy Jesus. What do you seal in our hearts tonight? What only you can do. And thank you. Just like Michigan never had to be alone again. Jesus not only was in a manger with him, Jesus indwelt his heart and life. Oh God, let us be women that sparkle because of the beauty of Jesus Christ flowing out of our lives this holy season. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus, and in the name of your Holy Spirit, amen. 